Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison M., the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. Hey there, musicians and music lovers. This is Nick O'Brien, your host of the Musicians Venture Podcast, and welcome to this special episode of the podcast. It is coming up on the first weekend of August, and if you're a fan of original independent music in Wisconsin, you probably know that that means it is time for the annual Mild Music Festival in Appleton, Wisconsin, which if you're not familiar with it, you will become familiar with it as a result of listening to this episode. I had the wonderful opportunities to catch up with the six Wisconsin Music Venture musician members that are playing the festival. Hundreds of artists that are playing at 40 different stages. This is the festival's 10th year, and it's a milestone year in that regard, but also because last year, Rolling Stone covered the festival. So it's not out of the question to think that the festival's growth could see a significant increase this year. And uh, that was one of the things that I talked about with the musicians that I caught up with ahead of the 10th year of Mild Music. So over the course of the next hour or so, you will be hearing conversations with Amelia Ford, with Ben Moana, with Sit Kitty Sit, with Melissa Weisar from Wise Jennings, with Amelie and John from 7,000 Apart, and from Isaiah Dreesen, who is debuting a new band at the Mild this year called Isaiah and the New People. So if you are a fan of the mild music and you know any of these musicians, or if you don't, sit back and get yourself prepared for the 10th year of the Mild Music Festival with the help of the Wisconsin Music Ventures artists who are playing this year. Hello, Amelia. Thanks for taking some time to sit down with me ahead of your second year playing Mile of Music Festival. It'll be the 10th year this year. It's a big deal in this state, but somehow it's still kind of like a best kept secret. Like there's still people I run into in the music scene who aren't aware of the mile, but this is the 10th year, got covered by Rolling Stone last year. So like, what are your thoughts on just, you know, being in a state that has a festival like Mile of Music and just like the impact that it's had on the industry and the scene in Wisconsin and the Fox Valley? It's a pretty cool thing that happens here. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man, I, well, thanks for having me on here. I can't agree more. You're exactly right that it's like some people live for mile. They've been almost every year. They've been going for years. I'll hear this reoccurring question when I'm playing at a show. People will say, are you playing mile? Have you been to mile? That's very common. But then there are this this whole other group of people. I don't know. They're from Wisconsin, but they've never heard of it. You're completely right. And so I'll tell them about it. So I think the word, of course, is just spreading more with every year. As far as being in a state that has this kind of festival, I don't know. It's really special. I'm not aware of, you know, maybe there are some other states that have something like this. I'm not aware of it. It's just like the summer fest for original music. So it's it's a big privilege to play. Yeah, and, you know, 
the scale is one thing, right? You know, you've got hundreds and hundreds of musicians from around the country and some are even international and the different venues. But then you have like just the way the artists are treated at the festival, right? Like many artists that I've met at the festival have said like, I feel like, you know, a a platinum record selling artist in Appleton during this weekend. And it's just a really cool experience. I think it's, in my opinion, like it is what local independent original music is all about just the community that exists and uh it's my favorite weekend of the year but our podcast listeners already know that because i talk about it all the time so what were your thoughts your last year was your first year playing in it you know the submission period this year was super competitive i think it opened and closed in a matter of minutes so like when you got in and what were your what were your your thoughts what's your reaction Oh, yeah. Well, I I was surprised to get in last year, and and last year was fast as well. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad I got the application in quickly. You know, I I was very nervous last year knowing it was such a big festival, knowing that, you know, they get this long, detailed itinerary, which is very insightful, but is also kind of overwhelming. And so I went in with a lot of, you know, nerves. But once I got there, I just couldn't believe it. It was like, the helping hand one after another, like, here's where you go to get started, to merely be welcomed into the festival. And there's people that want to carry your gear for you and they want to help you like set up in every way. Do you need a water? Do you need anything? And then onto the next thing. And then they're ready to carry your gear out when you're done and your merch out. And so I was overwhelmed by the constant assistance there's so much assistance. I was like, wow, this uh, this is really doable because of the staff and the volunteers that they have. Did you uh, happen to take advantage of any of the like the perks that come from like the festival sponsors? I know that there's in years past there's been like free float sessions and like teeth cleaning and skin screenings and things like that. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't get the teeth cleaning. Oh man, what a missed opportunity. Um, I I know it, but that's it's so cool. It it really is cool, and they're above and beyond. They offer. I think you mentioned um, some of these things, but chiropractic care and veterinary services if you brought your animal, and so they're really thinking the whole spectrum. What I took advantage of was just you know the water, and uh, they offer you a lunch, and they're generous with the uh, take some posters home, take some memorabilia home. And that's what I that's what I took my first year. So we'll see about this year. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's turn our attention to the to the music that you'll be playing at the mile. So you got three sets this year, and you, you said two band sets, one solo set. That's right. Um, and those sets are on Thursday at eight forty five at the Paper Valley Evergreen Listening Room. And is that a band set? The first one on Thursday is a solo, and then Friday and Saturday are bands. Okay, so on Thursday is the solo. And then Friday at 4.20 at the Riverside Bar and Grill, and that's a band set. And Saturday at 5.35 at the Bent Keg, and that's a band set. So are there any of these sets in particular that you're looking forward to? Or have you played any of these venues before? Do you know what to expect? You know, not for a mile. I think I may have played outside runs at the Riverside Bar and Grill. Not for a mile of music. Um, but these will be new locations for me. And, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm just so excited to have three shows. Last year I had two, and it's sort of moving up. So I'm like, well, maybe next year we'll have four. That would be that'd be awesome. So I'm pretty equally excited for all of them because I do love the full band shows for for those reasons. And then I also just love doing a, a solo show as well. So, yeah, two sets last year. Yep. 
two sets. And what were those? What were those like? Just like the performance you talked about, the kind of the assistance and your experience with the festival staff, but just the shows in general. Do those stick out to you as memorable sets in your career? Oh yeah, definitely. Man, I first played at Dr. Jekyll's as a solo, and it was a listening room for sure. I lean up, you know, you hear horror stories from places. There's always somebody who's got a complaint or a negative thing to say, but man, I got there and I was like, no, this is a listening crowd. They were so quiet. I felt that they could hear me breathe from the stage, you know, and the attentiveness. They look at you like, okay, this person's going to share something important. And so then I, I definitely feel the responsibility of, I better bring something important. I better bring something worth hearing. So that was so cool. I love that. And and both at that site and then later on uh, that day, I played the Riverside Ballroom as a band indoors. Both those sites, just uh, staff, you know, coming up. What do you need? How can I help? I almost felt like I didn't have to do very much at all. And I was just so blessed by that kindness, so much kindness. So that was awesome. Yeah, super cool. Super cool. So taking off your uh, your performer hat and putting on just like your music loving hat, are there any artists or bands that you're looking forward to seeing? Maybe you, you've met them before. You They've just been on your radar, and, and now they're coming to the mile. Talk to me about like just the camaraderie among the artists that is present at the mile. Oh, yeah. Um, I think just because we are all there. You know, when you go in to have a lunch, um, you know, everyone's sitting with each other. And I think, you know, having a little bit of a networking mindset. and um, But just feeling like, hey... We're all in this, you know, we're all identified with our little badge, our little name tag. And it's it's a uniting thing, really is, it's special. And I think it puts people that normally would feel very far apart, you know, just automatically feeling more intimate, more on level with even performers that are far beyond them in numbers and success, say on Spotify or elsewhere. Now you kind of become a team a little bit at the festival. One name that really sticks out to me, you know, I watched a number of different acts, but I went around and I, I just really found unforgettable. I really liked Garth. His combination of just, you know, having, um, you know, live uh, instruments along with obviously some sort of um, tracks in the background, but really uh, awesome sound effects. I thought his just performance was was so I don't know. Maybe I just like the style of music. He was so memorable to me. And I have brought him up more times than than anyone else as far as someone that I, I would inspire to be like a little bit anyway. Recommend seeing Garth for sure. Yeah, I did catch one of Garth's sets last year, I believe it was. And I totally agree. This is really yeah. kind of unique. Good show. Real good show. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Cool. So Outside of the mile, I think you're you're working on some some new music. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? Are you going to be playing any of it at the mile? I will be. Yeah, definitely as a solo. And let me think now. Oh yeah, I'll be playing. I recorded three songs recently in Nashville, so I'll be playing two out of three with the band, and then that that other one out of the third as a solo. So I think we will cover them all at mile, which is cool. Then you get a sneak preview. Since I'm not releasing them till fall, you get a sneak preview. But yeah, I did that. I like it. I know. I know. I tell people that too. It shows right now a sneak preview. But ended up recording this February in Nashville with Sean Giovanni of the Record Shop. And this guy, I'm, I'm not even sure if he's older than me. I, he's just so skilled and still so young. And 
He's recorded with big names like Randy Hauser. You know him from country music. So he's he's got it down already. And and so I love the tracks that we laid down, and and I'm just super pleased with it. It's a little more crunchy, a little heavier than the music I have out right now. But yeah, I'm, ex- I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited too. Honestly, Amelia, I've known of you for quite a while, like probably a year or so, but I think I've only seen you play once, and that was the Amplified Artist set that you played oh. uh, at Oak Brewing uh, yeah. a few months ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was really, really impressed. So I'm super looking forward to seeing your sets at the Mile and hearing the new music as well. It will be hanging out. That's the thought, was we're going to spend the, as much time there as we can and just enjoy and connect and... Yeah, make a thing of it. So cool. Well, we'll try to catch up then. I'll be there all four days and uh, certainly going to try to get to one of your sets or maybe a few of them. So thanks again for sitting down with me and good luck to you uh, ahead of mile 10. It's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah. Thanks so much. I appreciate the interview. Absolutely. Well, if it isn't, Mr. Ben Moana. Mr. Moana himself. Hello. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing well. Doing super good. I've uh, had a really big summer so far. And yeah, just looking forward to uh, some more music. Yeah, man, it has been a busy summer for you. My introducing you as Mr. Moana was uh, referencing the album that you put out a couple of months ago. How's that been going, man? That has been going really, really amazing. Amazing feedback. I did. Such a blessing. I didn't even think that it would be, let, let alone complete, I didn't think I would have this type of uh, reaction to it. So um, it's been really cool, and I'm excited to continue on the journey. Yeah, and, you know, to have a new album rolling into what I think is a pretty exciting and important weekend every year, or at least the last two years for you, Milo Music, man. It's exciting. It'll be your third year playing you played in 2021 and 22 and then big number 10 this year you got four sets so what are your thoughts just at this time of year you know mile is coming up next weekend yeah i mean i you know like i think i told you last year too it's it's that weekend that you like you mark off as soon as it's done like you you set aside the next year as soon as it's done whether you know if you're playing or not because you just want to go either way so for me, like I'm just super excited that it's yet uh, one of the you know few weekends in the summer that I feel like a musician kind of really look forward to to take a part in the festival. So I'm I'm excited to break it, play, ready to meet some old friends that I met last year. And so yeah, and I'm excited for it. You can now say Ben that you've played at a festival that's been covered by Rolling Stone. How's that feel? <laughs> it feels amazing. Yeah, it feels really cool. Uh, you know, when the, the news came out last year, it felt like unreal because, you know, that's the stuff kind of here at places like Atlanta or Texas or things like that. And you never ever, you know, think that it would be, you know, two hours down the road from you. So that it's just an exciting feeling to be able to know that, to maybe even tell someone that. Yeah, man, it's great. And, you know, with coverage from Rolling Stone, curious to see how that kind of milestone in the media realm is any indication of a growth in popularity. I think I think we're in for a treat in year number 10. But let's turn our attention to to your music that people will see at the mile. You were playing two Thursday, August 3rd, one at 450 at Emmett's, which is an outdoor stage. 
Now they're at 740, so you'll have a quick turnaround there, and that'll be at the bar. And then Friday, you have one show at 11 a.m. in the Paper Valley Ballroom. Big venue there, so uh, I'm hoping that, that you are able to pack that one. And then on Saturday, you're doing something a little cool, a little, a little interesting, a little different this year. They've teamed you up with a chamber music group, and they're going to be learning your songs. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so it's really, really, I, I think I've always wanted something like this. And I was really humbled when the chamber group reached out, kind of, you know, explained what they do and kind of went over, you know, how they set up this whole thing and what they did in the last couple of years. And they wanted to know if, you know, I would be, be up working with them. And I'm hum- humbling um, because they're amazing, amazing musicians, but also nerve wracking because I have to get out of what I normally would be thinking of musically to now match a different style. But I think it's going to go well. I think it's something that I also enjoy that is actually classical music. And so I'm excited to see what we do with it. Excited to work with a musician that I've never worked with before and see how they operate. And, you know, at the end, producing something that we can all be proud of. So I'm really looking forward to it. You did something a little interesting last year, you know, out there in front of the Lawrence Hall. Uh, you know, kind of led a little youth music group kind of thing. So it seems like the Mile Crew likes to have some fun putting you in, you know, some more unconventional type uh, performance settings. Yeah, I think it's really fun. I mean, that one too uh, is a group that runs that drum circle in the morning and was like, hey, you know, we saw you play on the other stage. I mean, we did. I was like, you know, why not? You know, uh, I think that stuff is really, really fun. And I love to engage with people that way too. So, you know what? Last year, I did that with our good friend, 7,000 Apart, as well. So, I, you know, that was really cool. Now that, you know, we dove into that that last set, that interesting one, is there one that kind of stands out to you as a venue that you're looking forward to playing and you haven't played yet? Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to the bar. It's a really small, you know, kind of bar stage. The stages that we, you know, have been playing for a very, very long time. Myself, uh, my crew, and, and so I'm really looking forward to that one because there's an energy that comes from it that, you know, is different and familiar and strong that you don't, not that you don't miss, you don't miss it, you know, but, um, you know, you feel comfortable. Right? It feels really, really comfortable. So I'm really looking forward to that one. We had kind of the same experience over at Chatsby last year. That was a blast. You know, it's kind of the same, you know, but they really had that soft little ground kind of energy and everything like it. Yeah, man. Well, I'm looking forward to getting to as many of your sets as I can. And I'm sure, you know, when you're not performing, you're a social guy. You, you got a lot of musician friends and you're a quick friend to make as well. So I'm sure you got your sights set on seeing a couple shows of yourself are there any that stick out to you from other artists that you've been wanting to see or haven't seen last year's mile absolutely yeah um, i'm looking forward to the day in the a really good red line and look for it's in brief come up from nashville as well so yeah i'm looking forward to uh, even like looking at some new music and i'm actually really excited to see the band west on who a little bit of my great well you know come through from the uk to play mile of music so i'm really excited Looking forward to that as well, making sure to catch you there. Were you able to catch Calvin Arsenia a couple of years ago? Unfortunately not, no. But do you know who I'm talking about? No, I, I'm struggling to find a name there. So he's a harpist. Oh, really? Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm I'm not too proud to admit this as a 34-year-old man, I'm pretty sure that the set that I saw of his in 2021, it was a Sunday morning. I was kind of tired, but his set is the only set that at the mile that I've gone to in seven years that has made me cry. <laughs> it was that. Hey, that's, uh, that's rich. I, I would love to see him again if yeah, he's got a bunch of shows, actually. One on Thursday, one on Friday, three on Saturday, and one on Sunday. Okay. It's an interesting style of music that I think you might really resonate with. He's a multidisciplinary musician, and it would be, I don't know, it'd be cool to, to see you guys chat. I've never met him personally, but he was an incredible performer. Incredible. It was just so heartfelt. But anyway, man, I know you're on the road probably to a gig yourself right now, huh? I'm actually heading to Apple tonight, yeah. I'm that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, safe travels the rest of the way. And if you have any uh, parting thoughts for our listeners in terms of preparations or a preview of the 10th year of Mile of Music, well, what do you got for us, man? Yeah, uh, have a plan, have water, have a map, and you know, clear your schedule, put your phone on Do Not Disturb, and just enjoy music. Uh, that's beautiful, man. I'm looking so forward to it. I'm looking forward to giving you a big, big hug, my friend, when I see you. All right. We'll be ready for it. Sounds good. Thanks for taking the time, Ben. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mike and Kath, Sit Kitty Sits. It's the best time of the year. It's here again. Well, I guess I don't want to project that onto you. I just, those are my thoughts. You say so. <laughs> um, but, you know, as a music junkie, you know, there's just no better weekend than getting to see 45, 50 plus sets over the yeah, course of yeah. four days. It's it's just insane. This festival is really cool. We've talked about that both on the podcast and off the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So and it's, it's the 10th year, you know, it's, it's a mm-hmm. big year for the festival. It's a big year. So like just general yeah. thoughts on it being that time of year again. Well, yeah, I think it's a huge accomplishment for them, for the mile team, that it's the tenth year. Yeah, I mean that alone. And it, it's like honestly, like you know, for <laughs> looking at what our schedules are like this time of year, it is kind of fun that you know you're going to have like four days of just pure chaos. You know it's coming, and it's not chaotic because it's not well organized or anything. It's just you're out, you're doing it, you're networking, you're whatever. And like I'm an introvert, so that's very exhausting for me. So, like, I'm just like, you know, it's like, hang on to your butts. You're ready to go. Rather, really mentally prepare for the onslaught of art into your face. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of stuff to cram in four days, but it's awesome stuff. So, it can get overwhelming for sure. Yeah. You know, now that this is our third time doing it, we kind of know the lay of the land, what to expect in terms of how possible it is to run a well organized festival have all your ducks in a row, you know, the way that they do it. It's a real testament to their appreciation of us. Right. And I think as an attendee of a festival, you you often, you see all the logistics that you kind of interface with, you know, like the performances and things like that. But at least from what I've learned from, you know, I think this will be my eighth year going to the mile. And better. And the artists that I've met, both in Wisconsin and, and artists who have never been to Wisconsin before playing yep. 
they're just wowed at the way that the artists are treated by the festival staff, by the businesses, by the attendees. That in itself stands out as a really distinct element of this festival in comparison to other festivals that at least I've been to or that I've heard other artists talk about. So yeah, strongly, strongly agree. Yeah. Strongly agree. We've played a lot of different festivals over the years, and I was dumbfounded our first year, like, and how well organized these are because festivals usually, in general, they're all a little chaotic. The mile is different because most artists play more than one set, so that's different. Mm-hmm. A lot of other festivals, if you get booked, you play one set, that's it, and you're done. Which ups the anxiety. It does. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like, well, you one and done. It's like you got one shot. You got one shot, and you know, there's that, and then navigating around unorganization. Yeah, a lot of festivals are they're just not well organized. If there are troubles, you don't know who to contact. If like the sound people are underpaid unappreciated and like rude you know they're the gear that's on stage is kind of crappy like everything we've done has been a little bit you know we get off stage and you know pack of our gear and whatever and it was like well that happened you know like kind of a thing but at mile like even just when we went and checked in the very first year like on the back of our lanyards on the back of our id cards are all the contact phone numbers for every single person you could possibly even sort of you might meet. And, and the thing is, those are their cell phone numbers. So, like, you absolutely will get a human on the phone if you have a problem. Like, I've never even heard of them before. It's unbelievable. Anything you need, any person you have, they're all so well trained. And if they don't they know who to ask, which is, yeah. and they'll immediately be like, you know what? I don't know that, but that person will wait right here. I'll be right back. And then they come back, you know, which is, it's amazing. Sounds so simple, but it's actually. I mean, it is. What really strikes me and stands out about the mile, it's in its 10th year. So this is a well-established festival. And there's no doubt about it that anybody who interfaces with it from any capacity, whether you're an attendee, you're a sound tech, you're a photographer, you're a musician, you're a business that's sponsoring, it's just top-notch it's polished but still it feels so grassroots and that is so cool to me you know when you said they're handing out people's cell phones like that's not corporate yeah you know that's not bonnaroo right that's not you know well southwest like absolutely not (laughs) that is grassroots seems very clear that that's the principle for the festival and they've been able to maintain that over the course of now a decade well 11 years because you know we skipped a year because of a phobia yeah it's just it's insane it is really insane my hat's off to everybody who has ever been involved with that festival at any point because the coolest thing and i think it has had an incredible impact on wisconsin's place in the national music scene uh really but that yeah yeah yeah, i'm gonna tell you no it's very it is very intimate it's a very intimate festival and it's pretty small still like contained geographically you know i smile at music but it's kind of just in, within a few blocks, you know, downtown. It just seems, you know, like it, it just seems smaller than your, obviously your South Bys and your buyers and stuff like that. And, you know, because it is. You know, well, and, yeah. And the order of performers is actually curing, mm-hmm. which is completely bizarre. Like any other festival we've been to, you could have a metal band followed by a folk band. But I think, the vibe you know like 
the room will clear out. If the metalheads came in and a folk band goes on, the room clears out. And that band feels like crap now because they emptied the room. The bills are all curated. So you can use the app to, you know, hunt down the artists you want to see and bop around. Or you can pick a venue that you know you like and just park it there. And you know you're going to get an amazing lineup that is curated not only like artist to artist, but for the venue. The artists that perform there fit the vibe of the venue. I've literally never seen that done, and it's outstanding. You're basically guaranteed, as a, as a new artist, especially if you're coming into the area and you don't really have a big fan base here yet, you're guaranteed an audience. Because you have the people that are just like, oh, this is my favorite bar. I'm just going to stay here for like four hours and see what happens, you know? And that's just, it's such a gift because mm-hmm. you never have to worry about like clearing a room. Yeah, exactly. Your genre is yeah, the crowd, the audience for Mile is such a dedicated audience to original music and discovering new bands. So it's it's like the scales are tipped in our favor <laughs> for this. Yeah, and as Fox Valley musicians, you get to benefit from the ripple effect of that. Yes, I think the Mile. I've never lived in Appleton, and. You know, I'll be completely candid in saying, like, I make it to Appleton a handful of times a year, at mm-hmm. least once a year for the mile. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I live there for a weekend every year. So I don't know exactly what it's like, like being in the Fox Valley or the evolution of that music scene kind of in the same timeline as the evolution of the festival. But I have to imagine there's been a pretty significant impact on the appetite for original music and discovering new bands in the yeah. Fox Valley. That is yeah, as a result a, of the festival. Constantly, there's music all the time here. You know, there already was. Appleton has been a, a great scene for many years. And part of the reason why we moved here, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, people just don't know. They don't know that Appleton is like a hotbed no. of music. Like They just don't know. Between Oshkosh and Green Bay, you know, that little corridor, mm-hmm. there are so many great bands and musicians and people, places to play. You know, that you wouldn't even know. I mean, Kakana, for instance, we just played. And I just learned that there are so many other places, small, cool, little dive bars and stuff play mm-hmm. that I, I don't know, I just missed somehow. Yeah. I mean, there there are a few venues specifically for mobile that only host music during mile. Yeah. But that's the alpha majority. It's like, I mean, maybe like four, yeah. four three or four. The majority of, of those venues that have live music have live music all year you know it's fantastic again like when we first moved here and like we moved here during the pandemic so we like really couldn't we couldn't go out and you know because we were quarantining so the other part that was great about our first year at mile is that we got to learn what venues have live music right and then get the booking contact information for that and then like start setting up shows outside of mile which is great it's another big reason why i'm such a fan of the mile when you have time boxed events whether they're festivals or you know, conferences or whatever, you know, the intent is, oh, we're going to put on a good time for this experience within this time box, but you want it to kind of ripple effect and create some catalytic connections and some, to some things that happen to like the infrastructure of whatever it is that that event is kind of focused on doing. And I think the mild music is a perfect example of that, because as you were saying, you know, the Appleton music scene has been great for a long time, but the fact that the mild does things throughout the year too, and Oh, yeah. I'm guessing that behind the scenes, you know, there was probably a handful, at least a handful of places that have live music now that didn't 
before participating in the mile. And so they make those contacts with sound techs and they make those contacts with booking people. And and now the mile has actually catalyzed the infrastructure Mm -hmm. of the Fox Valley music scene. And that is just, that's what you want from an event like that. If you're going to raise a bunch of money to put on something of this scale, you want the return on that investment to be more than just what you can get over the course of those four days, you know? Absolutely. And there's just so many tentacles because there's so many venues and so many artists and so many sound techs. And it's just like, it is the a perfect epitome of like what a good operating and fully functioning local music scene could look like as a result of doing something as big and as, you know, time and energy and mm-hmm. monetarily expensive as putting on a festival like this could be. It's just, it's a great case study, yes. in my opinion. Excellent choice of word. We'll stop fanboying and girling on the mile, <laughs> and, and then we'll start fanboying on you, uh, Sick Kitty Sit. This is your third year playing, as we've mentioned before. Yeah. You'll have two sets, one on Thursday at 725 at Jim's Place, mm-hmm. which is the wooden nickel back patio. Another one on Sunday at 355 at the Bent Keg. You played... Two years before this, are there particular shows that you've played at the mile that stand out to you before we get into kind of talking about the ones that are going to happen this coming mile? Uh, shows that stand out. <laughs> well, the one that always stands out to me, we'd played D2 the first day. And then the second day we played Deja Vu and we were at Deja Vu setting up and the setup and breakdown, they give you about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes between sets which is plenty of time, unless you're like me and you left the power adapter for your keyboard at V2. Mm-hmm. So I pull all my gear out and I'm looking through my knee. I'm like, it's just not here. And I don't have a backup because why would I, right? Um, and I never felt like a newbie so hard in my life. Like I've been playing music for so many years. I've never left my power adapter somewhere. And I was just horrified. And there had been rain all over the place so d2 wasn't even like a stage had closed because of rain luckily mike had made facebook friends with the sound guy so like the sound guy wasn't even going to be there right because the state wasn't running he made facebook friends yeah ace with with ace yeah. he messaged him on facebook while kelly the owner of data he's gone into his you know stuff that people have left behind box he's pulling out every adapter he can find to see if there's one that can fit. They were like, wow. Yeah, and not, of course, none of them were the right size because stupid keyboard. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so Mike messaged Ace on Facebook Messenger. Ace answered him immediately. He's like, I've been hanging on to it because I knew someone was going to ask. He's like, I can be at D2 in five minutes. And our friend Gary, who helps us out with a lot of our stuff with the band, he ran down the street in the pouring rain all the way from Deja Vu down to D2, got the adapter while we finished setting up, ran all the way back. She was soaked to the skin as if she had just, like, jumped in a swimming pool and handed it for me, like, glowering at me over her glasses. And she said, never again. And our show only started three minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know how to go. That one goes down in the books. Yeah. Show the pack house. Well, yeah, you crushed it. <laughs> Very responsive audience. That's amazing. That's amazing. 
That was, that was really good. Yeah. At BT Shark Break, too. And mm-hmm. I think that was the year we played at Chadwick's. Yep. We were the last one. I think. Yeah, we were the last act of the whole of the whole festival because or the jam at the end. Because there was a there was a thunder lightning storm. Right. So they had to call. Oh, right. I looked yeah. out within the park. We've lost one show every year. The first year we had four slots, we lost one to rain. Last year we had three slots, we lost one to rain. This year we have two slots, and I'm like, if we lose one to rain, they'll help me. <laughs> Better not. Yeah. Well, as of now, I can see mid to high seventies and sunny for next weekend. So. <sighs> Fingers crossed. Yes. I'm not sure. You have you been to the wooden nickel patio? Because I have not. I can't recall, honestly. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure if that's covered or not. Both of these venues are new to us, which yeah. I loved. I yeah. love it when that happens. I'm like, oh yay, we get to try a new place. So it's yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Are you guys uh working on any new music that you're gonna be playing at the mile? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's been been an, a very odd winter. Um my mother three months trip there where she was really not doing well and so i was in full caretaker mode so i kind of had to drop like everything artistic i was working on and just be helping out my mom and dad pretty much all day every day she's doing a lot better so kind of been able to get back to her routine like i was able to take a week off from helping out and like we're doing you know we're working eaa this week and then probably shooting right back into my music next week so I only recently, I'd say, like within the last two months, I finally kind of had the headspace to start writing again. And I, I have to say, I'm pretty jazzed because I spat out about four songs like, out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." So, Super yeah, cool. So we may may throw some of those in a mile to try them out in the crowd. Yikes! You never know. I'll be there to soak it in. <laughs> of course, of course. And now let's take off your. Uh... Your performer hat and put on your music lover hat mm-hmm. are there uh are there bands or artists uh that you're familiar with or that have been on your radar that you're eager to see and catch up with or meet yeah just the whole camaraderie element of the the yeah. artist experience that's, that's at the mile is pretty pretty unique so what are you looking forward to when it comes to that oh man there's so many awesome bands this year as there are every year mm-hmm. but i mean you know, it's just starting with like local pals, like traveling suitcase. We love, 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 love them. Wise Jennings, you know, Jeff and Melissa, they do so much for the music community themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they're able to come back this year. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Age of Fable from Green Bay. I think this is their first year in. She's awesome. They're great. Very proggy. Mm-hmm. A 7,000 apart. It'd be good to see them since they're visiting for a little while longer. I haven't been able to catch up with them yet since they've been back. I know Kat mentioned earlier, Kat and the Hurricane. Love them. From Madison, I believe. Right? Yeah. We saw them at D2 last year. Yeah, twice. Twice. Yeah, they played D2 two different rooms. Yeah, which is kind of strange, but really fun band. Mm-hmm. I think I saw Kat and the Hurricane at the ballroom last year. I was really... I, oh, yeah. yeah. Right on. That's a stage I would really like to eventually get on. That's a great stage. And I think that's where they have the end of the festival open jam between musicians and 645 on Sunday, the mild jam. Yeah. After party. Yeah. 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 That's the point which you can play cover songs, I believe. I don't think we caught that last year for one reason or another, but hopefully this year we'll be able to make that. Sam Ness, our buddy, looking forward to seeing him. You know, the bowl, Great. Cersei. They're really cool. 
you talked with her yep i did the, yep. for a while one year which was really nice i saw her and i was like oh my gosh you're seriously and she's like and she looked at me she goes you're her cat downs and i was like like how do you yeah that's the one problem like this that's the only problem <laughs> You end up playing a lot of the same times as your friends. You have to make enough meeting times to meet your friends that you want, your friends that are bands, to go see a third band. Yeah. So yep. cool. That's a problem I run into, and I'm not even a performer, right? So I don't like to worry about <laughs> playing music. Yeah. I just, you know, I've been going so long now, there are bands that are, you know, kind of regular performers at the festival. And it's like, man, I only see them once a year because they're from Philly or, you know, wherever. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, I've seen them, you know, each of the last three years. Do I go see them or do I go find... A new band, oh, right? right? I know. And you're trying to feel bad about it. But yeah. Like, you got to do it. I feel like there's a lot of back alley meetings. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, that's how we met Chris Hazy, you know, our first year. Met him in the alley behind D2 as well. I don't know. The alley behind D2 is like the alley to meet. Yeah. And then we ended up playing with him at Fox River House. Well, he played, then it rained, and then we got canceled. But we ended up hanging out all night, shooting the shit, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. Cool. Yeah, you know, so I'm looking forward to that come back. And Ben Harold, you know, Radke's going to be there, which Derek's, you know, the brother's Radke, which will be awesome. It's just the list goes on. I did the mile the same way the first couple of years, and it just became too stressful and overwhelming. Like I was just trying to bounce around, you know? And then I did what Kat suggested, which is like you just find one spot and post up for a few hours. Yeah. I think I might do a little bit of both this year. Too. Yeah. You know, I was going to speak to that too. Any advice? You know, for new musicians coming or new audience members coming, you know, is to pace yourself and and have a plan, you know, make a loose schedule, you know, if we want to see, because otherwise you can get very caught up in what's happening at one place and then completely forget that there's a whole other festival going on. You can miss some stuff. So it's kind of a juggling act. I think you're doing it the right way kind of dividing time, you know, one place for a little while and then just kind of bounce around. Well, it comes down to like, everything's about like, okay, who do I want to see? The first couple of years of the mile is like, okay, I want to go to all the venues. I've yeah. been to most of them. Now it's like, who do I want to see? Right. right. And where do I want to see them? And hopefully mm-hmm. all of those shows fall on the same days. So I can do, yeah. I'm hoping to do like Thursday and Saturday. I'm sticking to my schedule Mm-hmm. And then Friday and Sunday, mm-hmm. we'll leave that open for when you run into somebody and they're like, hey, have you seen so-and-so yeah. yet? I'm like, no, I've been wanting to. And they're like, oh, you got to see them. And then like, it's like right. the Friday and Sunday days are kind of like the blow in the wind days, right? I'll right. go wherever, you know, having two days of rest where you can just sit at a couple of spots and just, and you know, have some lunch. and So necessary. So yeah. necessary. Comfortable footwear yes. is highly recommended. Make sure when you go into venues, you buy something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a $2 bottle of water, the people at these venues who both own them and all of the wait staff are working their tails off like 16 hours a day for four days straight. Please give them your money. Yes. Because it doesn't one thing to go to these shows. So please, like, buy a water, buy a cocktail, get a soda. You know, give give them some money, and then obviously also if you if you dig the bands, like you know, buy a sticker, buy a merch, but definitely the venues for sure because they are working so hard, and this festival would not exist without. 
Absolutely. In addition, you know, don't be afraid to tip your sound engineer either. Yes, that's um, that's an excellent tip for musicians if you have yeah. it then. Always tip yeah. your sound man. Well, you know, if you have a good day of merch sales, a couple bucks or something, because they'll remember that. You know? yeah. yeah. Let them know that you appreciate them yeah. because you would sound horrible without them. Yeah. That's great. I'm so happy that you mentioned that because it's an important part. We often forget about those behind the scenes folks and, and they're just as important, if not more important than, you know, the people that I think uh, the attendees kind of interact with. So, and speaking of merch, I know y'all have always had some like really creative merch. You got some new merch to push at the mile? We actually do. We're into a pre-sale for our online fans and then we'll launch them. We got a brand new t-shirt coming. It's actually based on probably our most popular song, which is called My Beloved. The very first line of that song is, Your kiss will bite me, which is what's printed on the back in the same font as our logo. And on the front is our cat skull logo, but there's blood dripping off the fangs down onto the K, running down and then dripping off the bottom of the K. Mm -hmm. They look amazing. (laughs) That sounds rad. So, yeah, so those are going to be up on pre-sale probably in a, you know, well, a couple hours. Very cool. Well, you two, I'm super excited to uh, obviously see your music, but you two are pretty cool people as well. So I want to hang out when I'm in town. Feeling is mutual, my friend. (laughs) We We will hook up, no doubt. Maybe I'll just, like, plan to find you in the D2 back alley. How about that? Yeah. That right? seems to be the place. Hang out. I think I, 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 me too, is, isn't it right in, like next to the vent keg? Or it's like a couple doors down. I think they share the same alley, right? It's crazy to me that, like, I know College Avenue, like the back of my hand, <laughs> yeah. only during the four days of the mile. Yeah. Any time outside of that, I couldn't really. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's its uh, own little, like, ephemeral, like, mystical experience. So much to look forward to, guys. Oh, indeed. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a heavenly weekend. Can't wait to be there. Thanks for taking some time to sit down with me and preview and share your thoughts and feelings on the mile. I'm sure I'll see you before, but if I don't, good luck yeah, for those yeah. sets. And we'll see you on the mile. Mile two. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Take care, pal. Melissa. Weiser, Wise Jennings, one half of Wise Jennings. Thank you for joining me. It is that time of year again. Mile of Music, in my opinion, the best weekend of the year. If you're like a fan of original music of a wide variety of different genres. I mean, Wisconsin has an awesome offering of festivals. But like, I don't know, just everything about the mile from the scale to its accessibility to the way the festival and the attendees like treat the artists. It's just everything about it is top notch. And I think you have a similar perspective on that. So just what comes up for you as, as the mild music approaches for what will be your third year in a row playing the festival? Well, it's, it's always so exciting to get to participate in mild music. Uh, like you said, this is our third year in a row, you know, it always kind of sneaks up on us, you know, I think is for everybody, you know, it's all of a sudden it's August and it's like, oh my gosh, it's just always so exciting for like, just the things that you said, you know, there's the vibe there is, is so cool. The attendees are so receptive to all different types of music. The way that they have it organized is so impressive. 
how they do this, I, I have no idea. I mean, they it, it really. I mean, you have a you have a good perspective on that, considering you organize your own festival, which is multiple days. So, like, you of all people, <laughs> it's really amazing, super impressive. We're always just so kind of humbled and grateful that we get to participate in it. We know a lot of people that don't get to participate in it, and you know, we kind of think every year we're like, I can't believe that they asked us back, you know, like that's it, just a really cool thing. And it, it makes us feel special being able to be a part of this. And we're just so thankful to the entire Mile of Music team for putting this together and all the thought and effort that goes into it. It's just incredible. I know we've talked about this in previous years when I've interviewed you at the festival. You know, there's just this aura about the festival. The things that are so good and are at this scale, like kind of just seem to sometimes get ruined by the growth of it, you know, but it just still seems so grassroots. And even the fact that, you know, last year it got covered by Rolling Stone. I mean, yeah. now all artists who played last year, including Wise Jennings, can say, we've played a festival that was in Rolling Stone. Like, yeah. and that's like, everybody wins, you know? Yeah. And which is, I think, the whole kind of aura that I pick up on in Appleton that weekend, the way that the business community rallies around that festival and and the residents. And I still, for the life of me, cannot understand how, you know, it is a festival of this scale that's been going on for this long that consistently draws 50 plus thousand people. And it's still somehow like one of the best kept secrets in Wisconsin. Like consistently, I'm meeting people who are in the music scene and they're like mild music. I've never heard of it. And it's just like how it's, it, there's something special about it. You know, we are lucky in Wisconsin. We've got a really rich original music scene in our state, but we're still um, very separated by region. You know, people that are accustomed to performing in the Southeast or Northeast or anywhere, Northwest, wherever they don't, always hear of things like this or maybe they've heard of it and they you know they've missed the opportunity for submission and it's very competitive to get into mile now you know they open submissions and i think that they closed them within like 10 or 15 minutes this year you know there's yeah. this really competitive window opportunity to even get yourself submitted you know again we feel so fortunate because it's really a coveted <laughs> festival to get into and yeah, like I said, I we kind of kick ourselves like, how are we here? You know, <laughs> what do they see in us? <laughs> you know, for what it's worth, I can see what they see in, in y'all. Like, I, I remember the first time I saw Wise Jennings was your first mile. I don't know if it was your first show at mile, but the first show that I saw was at the bar. Yeah, that was our second show that day. And y'all put on a show. I was just like... When y'all were like setting up and sound checking, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I, I was just like, first of all, female drummer, don't see that a lot, right? And then y'all just had a party on stage. There was no way that anybody in that room was not having that party with you. Like, it was just so contagious. There was so much energy coming off of the stage. And I just remember looking over to the people I was with and being just like, whoa, this was incredible. So uh, so I can see what Ian and, and the Mile team see in Wise Jennings. While that may humble you, I, I just wanted to deliver that affirmation, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, that's, you know, 
that's what we try to do. I mean, we we jokingly say it, but it really is true that, you know, our our primary goal when we perform is to just not be boring. We meet that goal most of the time. For sure. So out of all the of the sets that you've played at the mile for these last two years, is there one that sticks out to you as like the most memorable? Yeah, we played the Paper Valley Courtyard and that was that was just awesome. I mean, great stage, great sound. There was a, an incredible crowd. You know, it really felt like, wow, like this is an amazing setup. Like it was super cool. So I would I would say of all the performances we've done, that one stood out most to me. I'm really looking forward to this year. We get to do two outdoor sets this year. We really, really love playing outside. I think it, in years past, yeah, we played in the bar and then we played Deja Vu a couple of times. And those were great sets too. But there's nothing like being outside, especially for me, because I'm the drummer. I'm always really nervous about how loud I'm going to be. If, you know, when you're indoors, is it balanced correctly? But being outside, it's like you can kind of let that guard down and just let it rip. So I'm really, really looking forward to being outside twice this year. And, and let's just hope that the weather cooperates for us. At Rookies, we're playing Friday the 4th, 12.15. And then we're playing Stone Arch in the parking lot Friday at 7.15. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to both of them. But, you know, I feel like that Friday evening set, that's going to be probably a pretty killer set, I think. Yeah. I try to think. I don't know if I've seen an evening set at that venue yet. I'm guessing you're going to see me there. So there's an element of the performing experience, you know, as an artist at the mile. But so many artists and bands who play, you know, obviously you're playing both of your sets on one day. So I'm not sure if you're planning on sticking around for the rest of the days. But, you know, some artists, you know, they have shows spread out across the four days. And so they're there and they get the chance to see you know, other bands and, and mingle and connect and make kind of some new relationships. Have you had that experience at the mile? And if so, like, are there mile alumni that you're excited to, to see perform or just reconnect with that you've met in previous years? You know, because both of our performances are on the same day and we've had this, I think each year we've been there, we've performed on, on one day. It gets a little hard to be honest because you're kind of scrambling, you're you're going to your venue and you, you sit there for a while and you get to see the performers that are at that venue, but then you have to scramble to get to the next venue. So depending on how much time there is between sets, there's not always a lot of time to make it all over to catch everybody. I've got the app and I'm always looking to see, okay, who's performing when and, and who do we know we got to catch? But I will be honest, my eyes always lean towards going to see people that we know in the local scene because I want to support those people. So unfortunately we haven't had a lot of opportunity to like even see some of the bigger shows that are happening at some of the other really big stages in town because we've either been performing or, you know, we're backing up or we're, we're doing whatever. So I'm hoping that we have a chance to catch more people this time around. There's so much to take in. Like you can stop in a venue and then, you almost feel under pressure to like, okay, I got to go. Now I got to go get to the next one, get to the next one. So I think that the perspective for performers is probably different than it is for just attendees. Mm -hmm. You know, that going as an attendee, so you really 
could plan out your day and know exactly where you're going to be when and who you want to see. But as performers, it's a little frenetic at times yeah. where you're running around and, and we try as hard as we can to make sure we can catch as many sets as we can. But it does get challenging. Plus, like by the time we get done with our second set on Friday, we'll be likely completely exhausted. Yeah. You know, I, it's, uh, but it's a wonderful exhaustion. It's one of those where you, you end up leaving for the day and you're like, well, like that just happened. Like we just did two sets, two completely different places. We saw all these people, you know, it's, yeah. It's just such a kind of, um, you know, like metaphorically, it's like a, like a fire hose type of experience, right? You just like yeah. everything you love about the music world, the music industry, either as a performer or, or as an attendee, just like so quick, right? Because I, as you're reflecting on like the frenetic nature of the performers bouncing around from one set to the next, I've been reflecting on like my first couple of years at the mile. And honestly, it was a, pretty similar because I had planned out my day because I wanted to see as much as possible, right? And it was almost like I didn't enjoy the experience as much as I could have because I was just so set on a schedule. And these last few years, I've just kind of more or less kind of like blown with the wind, right? Yeah. You know, and there's enough happening. You're going to run into something you love. And I think to relate also to something else you said was like, now that I've been so many years in a row, there are artists that maybe I've seen for the first time at the mile and I only see them at the mile. And then there are artists that I want to see that I haven't seen before. Now it's like, how do I spend my time? Do I spend my time going and seeing the bands that I only see once a year and I love them so much? Or am I in discovery mode? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So it's kind of an overwhelming experience for me too. And I know that feeling at the end of the weekend, it's like, holy cow, I just saw 45 sets of music in four days. Like I am exhausted. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that it's important to try to find a balance as an attendee. Like you said, your first time, you're overwhelmed and a little bit like, oh my God, what do I do? I've got this schedule. I got to stick to it. But if you can just allow yourself to go with the flow a little bit more, I mean, maybe you find a, a venue that you really, really like and just, you know, hang out there, you know, or, or find some friends and follow them around and just, you know, make memories together with the, the group of people that you're with. You know, that's the sort of thing that, you know, can really make an experience super enjoyable and like, you know, take the pressure off of yourself in a lot of ways. Like if you can't make a set, you don't make a set. You know, it's, it sucks if it's someone you really want to see, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, just let yourself have the fun. We always have to remind ourselves, like as we're there or on this day, we're like, okay, now we have to eat. You know, don't drink much beer, pace yourself, drink water, you know, make time to take care of ourselves throughout the day. But yeah, it's it's so fun because like we always run into so many people that that we know, you know, and everybody's just running. They're running from this venue to the next venue and they're going and it's just fun to see them be so excited about who they're going to see next. And, you know, you see people with their phones and their schedules and they've got it all planned out. It's just it's just such a unique experience. I just get the kick out of that. Yeah, me too. It'll be interesting. Like I've been saying this since the first Monday in August last year where I was just like, well, Rolling Stone covered it now. So, like, it's not out of the question that, like, 10, 15, 20,000 more people could come this year. If, right. if how quickly the artist submission period opened and closed, 
is any indication, like what the attendance growth may be. It'll be an interesting year for sure, like to see just how the things that I think make the mile what it is, you know, it's accessibility. Almost never before sunset do you have to wait in line to get into a venue right? and that it's free, you know, those are two things that make it really unique. And is there really more infrastructure in Appleton for 25,000 more people to attend a festival? We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously a big milestone year with the 10th anniversary of this festival, just an incredible thing that, that they've accomplished to keep something like this going and growing. I'm just super looking forward to it and really looking forward to catching a wise Jennings set. So Melissa, yeah. thank you so much for chatting with me. Uh, and just to kind of remind our listeners, you'll be playing at uh, 1215 on Friday, August 4th at Rookies, which is an outdoor stage. And then again on Friday, August 4th at 715 at the Stone Arch Brew Pub, which is yet another outdoor venue. So listeners, if you haven't seen Wise Jennings or if you have, make sure to catch both if you can, but at least one of those sets. Say hi to Melissa and Jeff. And then mark your calendars for another festival coming up in September called Wise Fest. So, uh, Melissa, thanks for spending some time with me, and I look forward to seeing you at the mile. See you next weekend. Amelie and John, you're here. Well, you're in Green Bay, and I'm in Milwaukee. But we'll be in the same city soon, because it's that time of year again. Y'all got back to Wisconsin, you know, like a month and a half ago or so. You've been hitting it hard, super hard. <laughs> got a new van you're super excited about. Amelie's wearing pink like never before. And you got your third year in a row performing at the mile. Yes. And you got three sets. We'll talk more about those. But like, how are you guys feeling? It's it's that time of year again. It feels awesome. I mean, it's such a special week of the year i think not just because the shows are going to be awesome but also because we get to see a lot of friends like we'll actually be in the same place and we get to like just feel the environment of milo music it's it's incredible yeah you guys play a ton of shows ton of different venues. this festival has a ton of different venues you know and so we'd love to hear your perspective on being a touring band that's played everywhere, that's played potentially every type of venue that uh, an artist phase of your career has played. You know, not necessarily the big ones, but all kinds of bars and smaller rooms and BFWs and all kinds of things. And the Mile is like a mini version of that, it's like really densified. And so there are all of these different venues. I consistently hear from musicians that the sound is great. The stage managers are great. The experience is just great. So when we zoom in on a festival of this scale, what's your experience as an artist? It's incredible. It's kind of like you're taking a whole summer of music and you just like push it together into one weekend and one mile. So yeah, you have the little bar venues, but all of a sudden they're full to the limit. And you take these like bigger, nicer venues and they're also just like packed. It's incredible. The way that they go from artist to artist, that they're so quick about it, it's it's very impressive and that they're able to do it and that they are able to even make the schedule so that it works and able to put, you know, artists together and then mix it up. And like, so it's really cool what they're able to do. And from like an artist's perspective, just as I said, just being able to see other artists because a lot of us are very busy and it's like our friends are playing on Friday. Oh, we have a show too. We can't come. 
But here, like, it might be that they're playing the same day, but at a different time and just like literally down the street. And that is really, really awesome just to be able to catch up with friends and and then all the like artist amenities that they have, food all day and all that kind of stuff is really awesome. Yeah. It's just nice not having to think about a lot of those things, mm-hmm. you know, for a few gigs. And I mean, the sound companies that they always hire are always really good. And I mean, those are all individual companies as well, too. So like the fact that they can organize, you know, sound companies for I think it's like 40 venues or something yeah. for 200 bands, like that's pretty impressive in itself and doing it in a way where the artists are still treated well and there's like adequate time and you're just not stressed when you're there. Like, like things are fast paced, don't get me wrong, yeah. but everyone knows what they're doing and everyone's like ready for it. So you go on a lot of slugs. Yeah. yeah. You plug in your things and you just do like half a song for a sound check, maybe, and you just go. And there's just something very like freeing and liberating with that. We did a lot of open mic nights in the beginning of our playing together and our career, I guess. And in a way, it's the same vibe. You know, you're just like, oh, next band, let's go. And you just plug in and play, you know? It doesn't feel so, like, serious. But at the same time, it's the most serious because it's all the original and the room is full and it's absolutely crazy. But at the same time, it has this, like, light feeling to it that we're just here doing our thing. And uh, I think that's where a lot of the magic comes from, too. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because it is so well-polished, right? The whole, like, operation. But somehow it still has this very grassroots aura. Every venue you go into, it just seems like, oh, wow, like, you just feel lucky. I guess I walked into a really cool show that I wasn't expecting to go into. It's just like, you know, 40-plus versions of that. And you talked about, like, the opportunity to catch up with other musicians. And I just realized that of the six Wisconsin Music Ventures members or bands that are playing at the festival three of those are husband wife duos <laughs> and you are one of those three um of those things. like this is really cool we've got like the hard piano rock covered with sit kitty sit and the whatever genre you want to put wise jennings in which i think they like being un you know categorized yeah <laughs> you guys with amazing pop music so yeah it's just really cool to see like even in a microcosm version, just like the Wisconsin Music Ventures community kind of densified within the Mile okay. experience. And it's always so fun to bounce around and see all you guys perform and, and hang out, you know, after the sets and things like that. So I'm very much looking forward to hanging out with you. Although I know you have other shows in between your sets. So you have two sets on Thursday night, one at 4.30, which is on the Mile Music bus. And I want to come back to that. Because it's coming back this year after a few years off. And then you have another set Thursday evening, August 3rd, at 725 at the Bent Keg. And then you're off for a couple of days, at least from the mile perspective. And then you come back on Sunday, the 6th, and play a 235 set at Riverside Bar and Grill. Let's dive into the performing side. Tell me about which of these sets, I mean, you're looking forward to all of them, but what stands out that you're looking forward to about each of these sets, particularly the Mile Music Bus? That'll be a cool experience, I'm assuming. Yeah, we have never experienced it. We actually didn't attend Mile Music until we played it. So the bus wasn't around then. So we actually have no idea what the bus is like, but we have played on a bus before. Make Music Day here in Green Bay, and we like were on a bus that took us around to like different places. It was really, really cute. So I I would assume that it's 
it's just going to be like a really cool vibe. And I'm just hoping that we'll see some familiar faces and that it doesn't like turn too quickly and stuff. I don't know. Do, are we sitting down? Are we standing up? I don't know. We'll just yeah. and see what we're doing, I guess. <laughs> so the first few years I went, there was a mild music bus and I wrote it every year just because it was a novel experience. Right. And what I remember is basically just like a city bus that they just wrap in mild music, you know, branding. And then they take out some of the seats. So like you're standing, like there's like a staged area in the back corner of the bus. And so everyone else is seated, but like you have like a, a corner to stand and play it. Cool. I don't know if that's the way they'll go with it this year, but that's the way it's been in the past. So I guess we're not wearing like crazy platform heels then. Maybe we wear sneakers for the bus. Right. Totally. Yeah. That's a good idea. I just sit on a ball and like, roll and it's only at the twenty minute set, four thirty to four fifty. So, just a yeah. quick, yeah, but that'll I, be fun. It'll be fun. You haven't played the Bent Keg or Riverside Bar and Grill, so those will both be new experiences for you too. Yeah, uh, I, I know you were hoping for another set in the Paper Valley Ballroom. Probably safe to say that's your most memorable mile set. Maybe, maybe yeah. you know, just like over a thousand people, like screaming, singing along to your songs. No big deal, whatever. Yeah, no, last year was absolutely magical. We ended our Mala Music run with our set at the Hilton Ballroom, and that was just... I think it was probably one of the craziest things we ever did, like, in general, because having over a thousand people that have, like, learned your songs that aren't released yet from seeing other shows, and then, like, all of them, like, coming to one big crazy thing was insane. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be hard to top, like, from Mala Music, but it was a really, really cool experience and i think i mean like we got so many fans from that one show last year that yeah, people still come up they to come silos to shows yeah. so like i think doing just any other show at Milo is just you know you're always you're gonna have people that have seen you before but then there's gonna be a lot of new people too and so i think like that's what i love it doesn't really matter the venue in particular it's just about like doing it more i guess and just meeting more people yeah wasn't that show in the ballroom, didn't that fall on your anniversary? Yeah, it did. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it was like the, yeah, it was like the perfect combination. Yeah. It's really like, we're here on our wedding anniversary. And it was just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Our wedding anniversary will be on, on the Sunday this year. So we're still going to have a show on it. So that'll be great. It's so nice at Appleton to play a music festival to celebrate you guys' wedding. It's adorable. Every time. <laughs> and... You're releasing a new song. We are on the Friday. So like a few hours after our show on Thursday, we are going to be releasing Runaway, which is a very like anticipated song, I think. We've gotten a lot of good feedback on the song. It's one of the ones that we play at the end of our set. And it's going to be really, really fun to be able to say like, this will be out at midnight, you know. <laughs> so yeah, we're very excited. That's awesome. So while you may not have a ton of time, outside of your performing duties at the mile. I have a feeling you might try to catch a couple of sets from artists and bands that you you know before the mile or maybe you've even met at the mile. Are there, are there any particular artists or bands or sets that you're looking forward to catching or just kind of reconnecting with, with people you've met? I mean, there's so many people we want to go see. We're going to do our best to be around as, as much as we possibly can. But, I mean, Ben Moana, as Katie said, Wise Jennings, obviously... We just made friends with Adama. I don't know how to pronounce it, but Adama, like they, they're this like rock trio 
and we just sat down for coffee with their drummer, drummer. lead singer. So, yeah, yesterday, so sweet. We also ran into cousin Arthur at, at the coffee shop where we were like, he works there. So we ran into him and we're like, oh, you're yeah, the astronomers, obviously. We've opened for them twice now and uh, we're becoming like really good friends. And so we're definitely wanting to catch their sets as well. Sam Ness, amazing. I mean, Tay, Genevieve, they're too many people to really count. Yeah, kind of overwhelming. <laughs> oh, extremely. Yeah. We had the one band that we met last year from... The End of America? Yeah. Yeah. The end of America. They're awesome. They're playing again. Yes, they are. I, I already checked. Yeah, they're awesome. Amelia Ford, obviously incredible. Before Dawn, hopefully, will not get COVID this year. Yeah. Or, I mean, if they do, we might get their shows. At least that's oh. what happened last year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, we're still... No, 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 no. I'm obviously kidding. Yeah. Uh, they were so bummed. Like they, uh, they were like trying to get into Mile for like years, and it was gonna be their first year. Yeah. And we we're so hyped for them. And then like they're like, we got COVID. We're like, no. Yeah, that was really sad. But yeah, I am. I need to catch their sets. That's gonna be absolutely awesome. And Ben Harold and the Rising are good friends of ours too. Also, like I was just scrolling and I saw this band name called Darn It, and I was like, that's a great name. And I click on it and like my friend Jake is on the picture and I'm like, oh my God, I know Jake. Like, <laughs> And so we're going to try to catch their set as well. I think they play Riverside right after us. So yeah, so we'll definitely. It'll be easy. Yeah, it'll be easy, which I like. I like easy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's just such an exciting time. You know, it's, it's overwhelming, but it's so stimulating. Like I remember just like every year, the Monday after Mild Music, it's like, you could put a giant bowl of ice cream in front of my face and I'd be like, eh, whatever. I just have no more dopamine to give. Right? <laughs> Expelled yeah. all over the course of four days. And last kind of note here, like, how does it feel to be a touring pop band with, like, huge ambitions that can say that now they've played at a festival that Rolling Stone has covered? That's really, really cool. That article was amazing. And I'm really, really excited to see if, there's going to be people from like more out of state people coming in this year because of that article. That's going to be really interesting and see like if people are traveling from further because of that article and how widespread that was. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think uh, edit. since we are still kind of local too, it's like, I think I'm curious to see how much further this festival can physically grow mm-hmm. just because like it is in a small town too. So it's like, can it physically grow anymore? I'm actually wondering, like, this is, like, not a necessarily a bad thing, but just, like, with that article, is it going to be, like, just overly crowded? Mm-hmm. Is it going to lose its magic? Or is it going to just, like, keep getting more and more magical? Yeah, like, are you we going to be able to see our our friends? Or yeah. is every venue going to be, like, packed to the brim? Yeah. 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 Like, is that the point that it, like, is has it peaked in terms of, like, the magic level? Or is it going to go beyond that because i think there's like 50 additional bands this year compared to last year yeah like so 200 bands and 50 additional bands compared to the other years so it's like can appleton sustain that that's like my my curious thought just because it's already super magical so i'm just curious like to see how the that article and like how everything is gonna change you know i've been thinking a lot about this i think the three of us have talked about this before just you know from a logistical standpoint like infrastructure right to your point yeah. like, i mean i don't know how many more places on college avenue there are 
for more venues. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not out of the question to think that Rolling Stone article could yield 15, 20,000 more attendees. You know, you look at the the kind of allure of the festival being, in my opinion, like kind of two components. It's scale and it's accessibility. The actual like low barrier to entry because it is a free festival. You don't even have to buy a ticket or RSVP or anything. And it's actual like physical accessibility. Like you don't have to wait in line at venues most of the time before the sun sets, you know. If 20,000 more people come to keep the accessibility, you're going to have to have more venues, right? Yeah, and hotels and yeah. like and yeah. like people have to stay somewhere too, you know? So I think they'll have a decision to make. If it continues to grow, which I think it should, it has the legs to, do we want to keep it small and accessible or do we want to keep it free? Yeah. Because if you keep it small and accessible, like you're going to have to ticket it you know, so that you can still work within the infrastructure that Appleton provides. Yeah. But if you want to keep it free, then maybe you have to expand throughout the box cities, right? And it can't just be an Appleton thing. Regardless, I'm happy with whatever will happen. And I'm oh, yeah. for mile 10. And I'm so happy that you all get to be a part of a big milestone year for this festival. So really, yeah, that, thanks yeah. for uh, taking some time to chat with me to preview this year's mile. Congrats on a successful year already, and we're only halfway through it. Congrats on another opportunity to play such a great festival. Looking forward to seeing your sets, catching up with you, but not taking too much of your time because I know there's plenty of people for you to see. Just keep going, guys. I am so excited for you. <laughs> Here's Thank you. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. I appreciate you a lot. Isaiah Dreesen, my man, welcome back to the podcast, the 10th edition of The Mile Music in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're stomping grounds, my man. You're up there in the Fox Valley. First of all, congrats on your second opportunity to play The Mile Music. I believe you played in 2021 with a different band. What are your thoughts, you know, about a week ahead of the festival? I've been actually thinking about this quite a bit, about just my mentality I've had playing live shows and i've had kind of like an epiphany you know in a sense of like kind of how i want to approach performing you know and so i grew up playing sports and doing that stuff and it wasn't until like my late mid mid to late 20s when i started doing music and it was just kind of one of these weird things that i just kind of fell into but when i used to play sports i would piss myself off i would get intentionally pissed off i'd be pissed off for the entire season and I would play and I would hit people as hard as I could, you know, and I would, I would have like a take no prisoner approach, you know, and I'm like, that's the approach I need to start taking on stage. And so I'm kind of excited for that. I think this could be kind of the first, first time I really have that attitude going on stage where it's like, all right, I don't care if you hate me. I don't care if you think I suck. By the end of this show, you're going to like suck. Yeah. Yeah, man. And what a great opportunity to, to do that. I mean, like the mile artist submission process this year was probably the most competitive that has ever been. How do you feel to just like be on the bill? I mean, for a festival that has been covered by Rolling Stone, does that, does that feel pretty good to say that you've played that festival? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a great festival. I mean, any opportunity like this is obviously, I mean, it's amazing as an artist to get that opportunity. Yeah. And it's obviously had a pretty significant impact on the Fox Valley music scene as a whole. 
and that's where you grew up. That's where you currently live up in that area. So what are your thoughts on just how the festival has over the years incrementally, but significantly impacted the original music scene in the Fox Valley? It's pretty incredible. You know, and maybe I wasn't paying attention but before this. I really don't know what the music scene really was. I know there was a few musicians and stuff like that, maybe a few venues you could play at, but no, it, it totally changed the music scene for artists and, and the people that live here. It's such a great thing for the people that live here because now there's like this kind of this overflow throughout the year where there's all sorts of different acts that come in and they come through town now because they kind of have the connections in the area through the festival and, you know, all that stuff. And I mean, for somebody who you said yourself, you, you kind of got into music later in your, in your twenties. And so kind of starting out, it's going to be exciting to have the chance to meet hundreds of artists from around the world. They're all coming to your area, right? Just to get the chance to mix and mingle with, with other artists. That's got to be exciting, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun meeting all these different people. You know, I'm actually kind of hoping to get a couple of people to play with us on Saturday night, but we'll see if we run into somebody, you know, if it works or not. Nice, nice. And you've now got a newly remodeled home that's not too far from College Ave. Maybe a after hours jam session at your at your place hey i will throw a party if people want to come party i will throw a party i don't care that's awesome man that's awesome (laughs) so hey let's turn the the focus now to to the music honestly when i did a first run through of the bill for the festival to be honest with you man i overlooked isaiah and the new people because i didn't know it was you i wasn't aware that you had started a a new band i know you'd sent me some videos and stuff like that or a, a video Sounds great. I'm excited to see this new project live. Tell me about how all this came together and just like what kind of sound listeners can expect. Yeah, so um, a lot of the other guys are in other bands. Rick, the drummer, is in another band. More Than Mary is the name of the band. And then Jason Rise is in a band called Natural Satellite. And he also does some other stuff. Like, But yeah, so I just reached out to these guys to them. Like, I, I really like the way they play. And I'm like, why don't we all just try to get together, see if we can make something happen. And every time we play it, it, it goes really well. Like we jive real well. So it's just kind of was the people that were available and showed up. And now here, here we are. That's awesome. And how are you categorizing Isaiah and the new people's sound? Um, I like to tell people it's Western psychedelic folk. But I don't really know what that means. <laughs> the mile builds you as country. Country? They must yeah. not like this psychedelic folk either. They're like, what, you know what you're talking about? <laughs> so give listeners an idea of what Western psychedelic folk means to you. Do you have any comparative artists or bands that you can share as an example of what they could expect? Yeah, I think it's kind of a cross between like, Pink Floyd and Neil Young and uh, Nancy Griffith. Oh, wow. That's a that's a pretty unique blend of sounds there. I like that. Yeah. You and your band, got, you've got two sets at uh, the mile, one on Friday, August 4th at 1220, and that's going to be at D2, and then another one on Saturday night, an evening set at 710 at Chadwick's, which is a great venue for uh, you know that kind of a, of a set on a Saturday night. Have you played either of these two venues before? No, no, I'm really excited. No, I haven't. You we played the mile in 2021. Did how many sets did you play? Just two. And uh, looking back at that experience, like you know, what's your reflection on your first opportunity to play at the mile? It's such a cool experience. I've 
you know, I've never been involved in anything like that. I don't know. It's just really cool. And just having people that are, they're in the room to listen. Everybody's in the room to listen versus most of the other times I play. And I'm kind of like, Hey, you guys are all here to hang out with your friends, but I'm going to be playing some tunes and kind of try to fit into that whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can just let go and you can just let loose and you can just let it rip. And I'm excited about that. Heck yeah, man. Have you taken a look at the bill for the festival and like picked out any other musicians or bands that you're really excited about seeing or reconnecting with artists or bands that you met previously and haven't seen since? I haven't done anything yet, but um, I plan to. I mean, I'm just like kind of my head's been in this other project trying to get this done. And so like it's one day at a time. But I no, I I kind of like to take the approach with Mile where I just kind of go to like a venue and then I just kind of hang out at a venue versus trying to dodge around. It's just I get more comfortable. I get to the, the spot I want to just sit and I can see, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've bounced around with my strategies over the past, you know, I guess it's been now almost, this will be my eighth year, I think, I've I've gone. When I first went, I was just like, I had it all scheduled out, and I was just like bouncing around different places, and it was super overwhelming and kind of like stressful in a way. But then a couple of years later, I, was, I did exactly what you just said, like, just stay at one venue. Like, Ian does a great job of curating, like, genres, and so if, like, you like a certain style of music and just set up at one venue, there's a good chance you're going to be able to sit for a few hours and, and hear that kind of music so you don't have to jump around so much but uh you know there's a million different ways you can experience the mile both as a musician and as an attendee and i'm excited for you to have that opportunity to do it once again my man and i'm certainly excited to experience isaiah and the new people for the first time live congrats on getting that new project together and Thank you. Uh, looking forward to seeing you out and about uh, on college ave yeah i'm excited i'm, re- I'm ready to let it rip so it was good. Yeah, well, we'll see you on the mile, brother. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Musicians Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at The Musicians Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at Musician Venture on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musician's Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again for listening.